This podcast today, special guest Bill Tucker will be speaking about church unity. Ought to be a great podcast. Stick around and listen to it. Afterwards, check out our website, HodenBaptist.org is the place. A lot of information there about the church and things going on at the church. Also, if uh, you'd like to come and visit us, boy, we'd sure love to have you. In fact, most people that come and visit us end up staying for some reason. I can't imagine why. But anyway, come as you are. We do. We'd love to have you. Hope you enjoy the podcast and have a great day. Yeah, the road was slippery, but we really didn't have trouble with that. Uh, however, we did get behind the plow, so things were kind of slow going. And it was billowing, you know, so you just can't see well enough. And being the macho guy that I am, there were a couple shots at it, but my co-pilot kind of vetoed the idea. And I really didn't want to have to listen to that for an hour or so, so... <laughs> Uh, and she was right. No, we just hung in there. We gave us a little extra time to pray on the way up. So uh, it's all good. It's all good. So uh, go preach this morning in place of Pastor David. Although I did know about this for a while, and and we continue to pray for his health and recovery, and the little bit of time that they get to have off, um, we certainly don't begrudge him that. So I thank you for all. Uh, taking your lives in your own hands and getting up here today into the parking lot, and uh, it's all going to be good. And, and full disclosure requires that I tell you something right up front right now. I am going to the buy auction. So you better beat feet and get down there, because when I show up, it's all over. Just, just saying, just saying. All right, let's pray. Father, it's, it's not a coincidence that you've gathered us all here today. We exist to glorify you by our worship, our praise, and our service. We are thankful for this local body of believers as we see it grow and change. Let us strive to continue to glorify you by protecting it, honoring it, and bringing the love and hope to our community, nation, and the world. Bless today the teaching of your word. Amen. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 2 today, so if you want to open our Bible or, in these modern times, whatever gadget you're carrying with you, they're pretty amazing. Uh, I still like this, because it doesn't need batteries. And uh, when I push the wrong button on the other things, I'm liable to say something I shouldn't say in church. So, uh, I'm, I'm kind of old school, you'll just have to deal with it. It's going to be alright. But, if you're visiting today, we're awful glad you're here. Uh, and I know David would want you to grab one of those cards in front of you and fill it out, so some contact can be made with you later. They don't harass people here, uh, but they will extremely love on you. I promise you that. I'm going to go ahead and read chapter 2, and then we're going to concentrate today on the first four verses. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, 
having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who through <clears throat> who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but empty himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and have being <clears throat> and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to a death on the cross. Therefore God was highly exalted, has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Before I go on, I'd, I'd like to just practice something here just for a second. It's not going to hurt you much. Just take a moment to look maybe to your left or to your right at those that are you're sitting amongst. And I'll bet you, unless there's twins in the room today, you do not see who you normally see if you look in a mirror. Would that be correct? Probably so. Point is, we're all different, aren't we? And as I prayed at the beginning, uh, it's no coincidence you're sitting here today. We're, we're going to talk about some things that we all need to hear and remember. Um, winter, as you, some of you know, is not my favorite time of year, but certainly the season preceding it is, fall, autumn. I love the colors. I know you all do too. And, you know, you're often asked what's your favorite color, and you might have one. Uh, I kind of like the oranges that also have some tinge of yellow in them put together on the same leaf. And every now and then you see one even got some green left in it. That's pretty cool. But I also realize at this point in life that if they were all exactly the way I wanted them, it would be pretty boring. It wouldn't be as pretty anymore. So it takes the contrast. It takes the differences. And, boy, what has God done here but put a bunch of leaves together that are very, very different. Um, and one is no prettier than the other. No one is more important than another. And hopefully at some point we begin to realize, you know what, we're in this together. And that will make a lot of difference in how we proceed in this life. I'd like to look at the first four verses of the text. Paul offers us some very good advice in maintaining our unity, understanding our differences and weaknesses and flaws, and I've got a batch of them, too. Uh, as we face the change in our church, the growing, it always brings some growing pains. And the opposition we're going to face without, out there in this world from evil, which is very real, and occasionally from within. Sometimes we're our own worst enemy. That's not very attractive to the world out there. So let's go to verse 1. Paul writes, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. I, I use verse 2 as well. Go back to verse 1. Uh, we use a phrase in, in uh, English a lot, uh, if, the big if. You know, something's going to happen, but there's this big if. Okay. In the Greek language, uh, and sorry to bore you with this if you are bored with it, but i got to show off once in a while. The Greeks and the Koine Greek, the common Greek of its time, had four ways to use that word if 
and in this particular case, it's what they call a first-class condition. They call them four conditions. First-class condition is if and the supposition is true. Second, if and it is false. Third is maybe it's true and maybe it's not. And the fourth one is I wished it was true, but we know it's not likely to be true. In verse 1, we've got a subjunctive mood that makes us a first-class condition. So for all believers in Christ, these things are true, that we have had encouragement, comfort from love, participation in the Holy Spirit, and an affection and sympathy from God, and hopefully that's something we can convey to each other. Since this is true of us, Paul continues by commissioning the church in Philippi, and by extension all churches, including this one, to become a great kingdom church. Now if you look at the person you looked at earlier again, Maybe they look just a little different now that you know that not only do you have all of those things from the big if, but they do too. Um, sat under the ministry of a man for many, many years. Name's not important. Um, over the years, he had developed a list of things that he found in Scripture that we were given at the point of salvation, and at the time of his death, he was up to 40 of them. Well, one of them is we get to share, and, and we are placed in union in Christ with his righteousness. We get to share in God's righteousness. So look at the person next to you and understand they too, if they're a believer in Jesus Christ, have that same righteousness. Now that ought to lead you to a couple of conclusions. You ought to be very very careful how you treat them because they have God's righteousness. And maybe, just maybe, at some point, there's somebody in this room you need to patch something up with. And I would encourage you, as Paul does, to take care of that. They have the same righteousness you have. Now, the scriptures talk a lot about loving one another and doing for one another. Someday, uh, given an opportunity, I'll preach in Colossians on the one another phrases. There's a whole batch of them there. Greek for that is alelon. And uh, it's really a, a good thing, a, a very good passage to look at how we're supposed to treat one another. But if we will uh, just incorporate the things in that, that first verse, and understand that everybody in this room that believes in Jesus Christ has those things. It's going to make things go a lot smoother because we're, we are commanded, not ask, not request. We are commanded to love one another. But nowhere does it say, I have to like you, and you don't have to like me. Because guess what? Sometimes that's exactly what's going to happen. I will do something, say something. I've been known to put my foot in my mouth, and i got size 15 feet, so it's not pretty. I've done it many times, and I've regretted much of that. But I, I, I can forgive, others can forgive me, and because we have that same righteousness, and I don't have to like you, and you don't have to like me. But to that outside world, they've got to see us love one another. And the only way we can do that was, is with what Paul talked about here. He went on to challenge the Philippian church, which was a mature church. This church had grown quite a bit made up of uh, probably uh, what we would call middle-aged and older for the most part because they were at this point retired military people who lived in this colony because they had been granted land and a very large annual stipend for their service in the military. I mentioned this a few months ago in another sermon. Wouldn't that be wonderful if we did that for our veterans? We don't do near enough, near enough. But this colony, even or this, this uh, church, even though that... Uh, they lived in the colony of Philippi and, and had this all in common. 
eventually things boil to the surface. It talks about it in Philippians 4, uh, Yodi and Syntyche. And if I botch their names, so be it. Uh, I don't know too many people named Yodi or Syntyche. So um, they'd begin to scrap, and then apparently people began to take sides. And, boy, it can happen so quick in a church. It's like a, a fire and, and gasoline. Uh, we're commanded not to be that way. And, and to work through what our differences are. I encourage us all to do that. If we're going to continue to grow, continue to be the church in this community that God wants out of us, uh, we've got to learn to do that. We've got to resolve conflict. Not, not, not have it, but resolve it. First thing Paul did was he commissioned them in the first couple of verses to be like-minded. Now that doesn't mean we're carbon copies. I pointed that out as I've had you look at each other because no two of us look the same, and that's probably a good thing in my case. doesn't mean we have to have the same ideas all the time. In fact, uh, what, what would happen to our creativity in this world if we all thought the same? What about those guys that come along and ladies that come along and think out of the box and do something completely crazy? Um, for example, a cell phone. Uh, I know some of you younger folks don't believe this, but 15 years ago, none of us ever heard of a cell phone. I don't. We, they had finally come out with these bag phones, and they were a hot item for a while, and they were big and bulky, and they were in a bag. But the idea of having a little thing in your pocket, and really I think the, the name phone is not a good name for it. It's a computer. It is a very, very capable piece of equipment that happens to also let you use it as a phone. But we never heard of that stuff, but some very smart, some very smart people came up with this stuff. And the, the pace of our technology is so rapid now, I, I can't even begin to imagine what's going to be out there in just a few years. I'll wait till my grandchildren ask for it for Christmas, and then I will do my best to get it for them. So, so we're not carbon copies. We don't have the same ideas. But it doesn't, it, it, what, it, what, what he's calling us to is to be agreeable even when we disagree. We find our common ground. We find the fact that we have been the recipients of all of those parts of God's grace and find resolution instead of uh, digging in our heels and deciding that we have to be right. That, that's foolishness. Secondly, he commissioned us to have that same love for one another, that all alone again. We ought to love another, one another equally because Christ loved equally and died equally for everyone that is a believer today and that will believe. Unquote. So again, that person that you dislike, that you're scrapping with, maybe having some trouble with, if they're a believer in Jesus Christ, just if, if you have to remember this, Jesus died for them too. In fact, he had them personally in mind at the cross, just like he did you. That's pretty awesome. That's humbling. Paul then commissioned us to be of one accord. One accord in our desire, which is to see Christ glorified and in our changed lives. One accord in our passion to lift up Jesus in praise and worship. And that part, I think we got down here. I really do. I'm, I'm so grateful for Wes and all our musicians and the, the voices. You too, Elka. With the, she always gets up here and sings with a great big smile. That's awesome. Uh, all, all our ladies tend to get up here and just radiate when they start singing. And it's just it does something for me, I'll tell you that right now. So I think we, we're really on track with that one. Although I'll bet you there's somebody in here who doesn't like the music all the time. Okay, that's true of me too sometimes. But I'm not going to take my ball and go home. This is where God has called me. It's not a coincidence that you're having to listen to me today. He put me here. He put you here. 
So we got, we're in this together. We need to fight this good fight together and not be terribly concerned about some fringe things that, while they can do a lot to enhance our worship, they're not chiseled in stone. He didn't chisel that many things in those stones, you know. So, so we want to be uh, like-minded and have the same passion for, for Jesus in praise and worship. And we ought to be of one accord in our ambition to be a great kingdom church. And I hear David use that phrase a lot. And uh, at, when I first heard him sweat, and it is a biblical phrase, nothing wrong with that. It, it seemed like a grandiose concept to me. And then the more I thought about it, uh, Cindy and I have been married 40 years, and I've been a Christian 41. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of that in our lifetime. We've been in some good churches. We've been in some extremely struggling churches. And boy, uh, there is such an opportunity in this community right now with this church. I, I don't want us to fumble the ball on this. I really don't. We have got a tremendous opportunity. We have got something that the people in this community need, and you know it. And you know it. And it's the only solution to the troubles in this world today, and they are many. They are many. But to be one of, of one accord in our ambition to the great kingdom church, and, the, and, and it says in Acts 2, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Now, I don't know if we're adding somebody every day, but there doesn't a week goes by, and I don't see some new faces in here, and it's awesome. It is just inspiring. And that means you all are doing your job. You were going out there and telling people, hey, you need to check this out. Um, and I want us to continue to do that. Paul went on to commission them to be of one mind. <clears throat> and we must have that same purpose in mind. <clears throat> and then he looks at the other side of the coin, which is, let nothing be done out of our own, own conceit, or our own ambitions, you know, we need to, we need to uh, subordinate ourselves to the purpose, the cause of, of this local body and to the Word of God itself. And really, it's talking about motive. You know, uh, every now and then, I catch myself doing something good, but then I say, now, why did I just do that? And maybe it was because I wanted somebody to notice me. Um, wrong reason to do something. Uh, it should be all about Jesus Christ always, always. First of all, you may, you may think you're smarter than other people, but you're going to find out you're not. They're going to see right through you. Um, some of the most adept people at the world in seeing through our silliness are, are two categories, young children and prisoners. They, in prison, they've seen it all. You're not going to pull nothing over their eyes there. They'll, they'll smell you out in a heartbeat. So, and I, for those of you who don't know me, I wasn't a resident there. I just visited. Okay? So... The food, the food wasn't my liking. Let's just put it that way. So we're going to do nothing that is of the wrong motive for our own self-gratification or recognition. Um, Self-ambition always, always confounds unity. It's, it's, it's a twin to selfishness. It's really, they're you know, two sides of the same coin, or different sides of the same coin. Um, it raises up three deadly enemies, that we find in churches, and that is uh, division caused by choosing sides or factionalism over music, what color to paint, do we build, do we not build, when do we pave the parking lot, I mean, you, you can just name it. Uh, uh, Christians have an amazing ability to bicker about anything. Um, it's, it's, quite, uh, it's quite shameful. 
It also produces rivalry in churches where one thinks that they should do something because they are better at it than others. And that may be true. But who was called? Who was called at that day, at that moment? And who are we to tell them to be disobedient because they don't think their gift is as good as yours or yours or yours? No, they need to be obedient when they're called. In that, there's great victory. When a fallen world sees somebody that's typically not very good at something accomplish something great for Jesus Christ, they are impressed and they should be. They should be. So factionalism, rivalry, and in partisanship, which is just a division based on diff- having different opinions. Uh, Cindy's dad, who was a wonderful Christian man, he's been gone, what, about 20 years, 21 years, said something to me early on in, in my faith walk, and he was there the night I accepted Christ, met me at his door, was as gracious to me as he ever was that night. And he said, well, you've got to remember something about opinions. They're like armpits. Everybody has at least two, and you can kind of guess where the second part of that goes. They, they usually stink. So sometimes we think our opinion is so hot, it's, I mean, what other, what, what idiot can't agree with me on this one? And we're wrong. We're wrong. And we need to admit it. We need to make amends for it. And as you get a little more mature, you just don't go there to start with. That's, that's the best solution. Just don't step in that hole. And once you've stepped in one, don't dig anymore. Get, get out of the hole. Make your apology. Step back from it. <clears throat> and the third one, conceit. Uh, we can get an awful high opinion of ourselves, and it's really rooted in seeking our self-glory again instead of God getting the glory. We want to be somebody. Um, you can walk in a church like this one and be loved on pretty quickly Hopefully that is the case. And maybe, maybe draw the wrong conclusion that all of a sudden I'm hot stuff instead of another sinner of need of grace. Because we're all even at that foot of the cross. We all come with nothing, with nothing to that cross. Self-ambition and, and all, will ultimately lead to a division in any church if it's allowed to flourish. And it can be very, very difficult to rein in. And sometimes that's one of the harder tasks of, the, of leadership within a church is to begin to rein some of that in. Uh, usually hurt feelings and uh, a lot of bad things come with it. But it's got to be done. The shepherd would not be doing his job if he did not protect all of the sheep. All of the sheep. And then Paul challenges us thirdly to the completion of a church unity on our path to being a great kingdom church. And again, it has to do with service. Our attitude needs to be of service to one another. And we bring our will to bear. We do this intentionally, not just when I feel like it or when God drops a great big one in my basket, which happens occasionally. Uh, We're supposed to be thinking about that all the time. How can I serve others? Um, Saw a billboard once in... um, Centerville, Arkansas, a bastion of Christianity. I think they have a population of, what, 50? Three churches, one bar. So three to one, that's pretty good. And on that billboard it said, everybody wants to be a servant until they're treated like one. And so what is God thinking here? He's calling us to be that very servant that's going to be stepped on, taken advantage of, 
underappreciated, if appreciated at all. Kind of like what he did for all of us at the cross. And he's asked us, in fact, he's told us we need to be doing that. We need to be doing that. Um, I've had some tremendous responses to Christianity in my time, not because I was so sweet to them, but because I did something for them that they could obviously see wasn't fun for me and there was no gain for me. Um, and ultimately, I smile about those things now because, you know, I did something right. I did something right. I, I have a lot of regrets in life like many of you probably do. If you're younger, you don't have as many. Hopefully, you won't create as many for yourself. But w the one regret I think that, that, that bothers me the most, others I have dealt with, I have given them to the Lord. I know He's forgiven me for them. But this one here bothers me to this day. And I hope it's one that might bother you someday is have I missed the opportunities to be what Jesus wanted me to be in any given situation or with anybody? And if you can answer yes to that, you've got a little work to do yet. Uh, and I think we all have a little work to do with that. Um, how often have we either ignored a situation or thought, I'm not getting my hands dirty with that. Um, i got better things to do with my time. And maybe Jesus has put you in that situation that day to be there for that person. And when you finally manage to even stumble into that a couple of times and, and be obedient to God's call, you cannot believe what comes out of that. It's just, it's just unbelievable. Cindy and I, we're, we're on our own now. Kids are gone. We even have a little extra money once in a while, so we like to go out and have lunch with people. And I'm known to harass, I don't call it harassment, waitresses or waiters. Because they're, they're kind of stuck. They can't leave. You know, they gotta, they're serving you, Right. So I always engage them and get them to the point of understanding who they really are, that they are a son or daughter of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I've had people kind of grit their teeth and say, okay, and leave. I've had people stop and think. A couple times they sit down. I remember uh, we were in Chili's one night down south, and a girl just broke into tears because she needed to hear that that day. I felt pretty good about being able to say that. Was I comfortable saying that? I, I'm much more now. I wasn't then, but I felt compelled to do that. And she needed to hear that. I don't know what she was going through. I don't know if she had bad relationships at home or something. But her self-esteem was in the tank. Zero. Zero. And the, the enemy was lying, as he usually does to all of us, and probably reinforcing her feelings. Day after day after day. Taking any mistake that you make, blow it a hundred times bigger than it really is, and, and tell you how unworthy you are, you can't possibly be loved by God. Uh, I don't know what you're thinking. You name it, that's, that's the enemy we have. He does not play fair. And if he can't get you, he'll go after somebody you love. Children, your spouse, parents, friends. He doesn't play fair. And um, we never never should be caught by surprise when he throws something at us because you can expect it. It's what's going to happen. It doesn't make you happy, but you know where the source is and you don't have to buy into the lie. Okay? So we've got to put others before ourselves within the body and we need to esteem the importance of others outside of this building more than ourselves. And that's real servanthood when you've got somebody that would rather... Uh, laugh at you for being a Christian or, or tell you how stupid you are for wasting your time 
And very often, they're people of high intellect, so they, they think they're the only person in the world that's got any brains. And, you know, you just say, forgive them, Father, because they really don't know what they're doing. But I will, I will be obedient and continue to engage them on the basis of the love you've put in my heart. And hopefully, hopefully lay the groundwork, if not for me to get to them, that somebody else will find it, their opportunity. J. Vernon McGee, and if you're probably over 40, you know who I'm talking about. Heard him on the radio for many, many years. Old-time preacher. Uh, through the Bible with J. Vernon McGee. You still get it on, on the radio and some stations, even though I think he's been dead now about 10 years or better. Uh, but anyway, he said this. Others is the key to this passage. It is the Christian faith which first made that other word, that word others are important. Why did Christ come from heaven's glory to this earth? It was for others. Why should we carry the gospel? It's for others. To think of others rather than ourselves is having the very mind of Christ. Those are very wise words from a departed saint, I tell you. In John 17, verses 20 and 21, it says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father in me and I in you, that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Let's close in prayer right now. And uh, Father, we just thank you for our church. It's a good church, a very good church. But you've called us to be a great kingdom church. We have an unprecedented opportunity in our community. So let our unity of mind and purpose allow your love and hope to flow through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. We appreciate your support. And speaking of support, there's a lot of different ways you can support Houghton Baptist in addition to the traditional way of giving your tithe or check at church. We have online giving on our website at HoughtonBaptist.org, and we also have text giving. If you're interested in text giving, just dial 906-346-1317 and follow the information from there. Easy peasy. If you're looking for a church or you're just not sure what church is all about, why don't you stop by Houghton Baptist Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Be there. Come as you are. We do. Have a great day.